Welcome to Spark. I'm Angela Wagner. And I'm Renee Adams. And together we're here as your hosts for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week, we have a very special guest, Renee Adams, who is here to delve into the world of memory. She will discuss just how important it is and simple ways we can improve it. Welcome, Renee. Hey, glad to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I've been talking about you on the podcast so much, and I keep saying that you're going to be a guest, and I've been teasing it for like 26 episodes. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. So, thank you for spending. We're at Sunday morning. So, thank you for spending your Sunday morning, Fourth of July weekend to do this. It's really awesome. Yeah, no problem. So, let me just tell our listeners a little bit about you. I met Renee about 10 years ago, which is sort of crazy to think about. She started practicing at Yoga Sport Dallas, my yoga studio, and she has been a really committed student of yoga, and she did teacher training uh, several years ago. She now teaches at the studio. She taught meditation and concentration for a variety of groups, and she's done that over the last five years. She's also helped create programs like Be Free 30 at Yoga Sport. She's led 40 Days to Personal Revolution. And she's also helped assist teacher training. She currently works in marketing in Dallas. So it's very cool. Actually, you have like two very different sides to you, which I think you can talk to our listeners about. And I think a lot of people can relate. You work in corporate America, right? You mm-hmm. work in marketing as a director of loyalty at La Quinta Inns and Suites. And from knowing you personally, I know that your job can get busy and stressful, just like everybody else's. You started practicing meditation in 2008 and took a Mastery of Consciousness course two times and then taught it as well. So you love being outdoors and being active. You have a brother, sister-in-law, and little baby nephew, and your mama is in Oklahoma City. So all kinds of exciting things. Why don't you just expand on that a little bit? Anything that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I just think, you know, we all have different kind of sides to us. And, you know, I do work in kind of corporate America where I'm managing, you know, communications for a loyalty program. And it does tend to get, you know, stressful and lots of things to do. But, you know, one of the flip sides to life is, you know, leveraging what is helpful, what fills you up and what gets you more energy. And some of the things that I do is like yoga practice. And then I teach yoga. And then I also teach some of these kind of mindfulness practices. And it helps me to give back kind of what I know. But it also fills me up during that process, which helps create more energy within myself. So then I can really, you know, like show up and be present and be a leader in my job. And so it's just being able to know when you shift gears, and being able to use your energy in a way that's useful for that moment or useful for that role. It's kind of cool when you think of things of like shifting in and out and different intentions and what energy do you want to give? What energy do you want to receive with it? So it's really kind of cool, which I really enjoy. So yes, and I I love that you have the experience that most of our listeners do, which is working the nine to five job and knowing what it's like in that world. Because I think a lot of people think that people that teach meditation, concentration, 
you know, yoga, like uh, the quote woo woo stuff, like we're born enlightened and that we just sit around and, you know, sage our house all day and <laughs> yeah, smell like right. patchouli, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Meditate on a mountaintop, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. just not, it's just not realistic. And it's just kind of like you integrate these practices in your daily life in the moment. And which is really, really kind of cool that you have these tools that you can use on a daily basis in your job, in your work, and then when your interactions with other people. And so it's just, it's really fulfilling to be able to kind of shift in and out of where you're giving and receiving and helping others and then just showing up and being, you know, present. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we'll start with our sucky moment of the week, and then we'll get into our major topic, which is memory. So here's our sucky scale, one being kind of sucky, five being super sucky, one, (sighs) two, three, seriously, four, five. And so, Renee, what do you rate your sucky moment? Um, I would say my sucky moment was a four. All right. So give it to us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, recently, I went on a trip with a couple of girlfriends and we went to Marfa, which is in um, West Texas. And so Monday, when we were packed up, ready to go, it was like 625 in the morning. And I was just eager to to get on the road and get moving. And so I went out to the car and my suitcase handles were not, you know, going down um, properly. And so I just got really, really frustrated. And I just threw it in the back. And then my friend comes out and she's like, well, Renee, you just need to like, you know, jiggle the handles and it'll be fine. I'm like, you do. I was like, no, I'm going to go in and sign the credit card. And, you know, I stomped off. And so like in that moment, you know, when I stomped off, I had this moment of like, ah, that felt good. That kind of felt good to just like release that frustration and to release, you know, just like get it out, you know, and then I go in and I sign my credit card bill and then it it pretty flipped pretty quickly to where I was like, okay, Renee, you've got a seven hour drive. And, um, you know, I mean, it was just like, okay, the broader thing here is that, you know, you're going to be in a car for seven hours and just own up to it, you know? And so like, you know, within 30 seconds, I'm walking back out to the car and I'm like, Hey, Jennifer, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, you know, that I did that. And, you know, and she was like, I got it all fixed. I got your suitcase all fixed. Okay, let's go. You know, and it was Aww. just so, it was so just, I just had this moment of like, I'm so thankful for my friends and so thankful for them helping and just, you know, just kind of like owning up to it and making things right, you know, and taking responsibility for it. But it was a very endearing response that she had. It was a very passionate response, which just made me very, very thankful for good friends. So... Oh, yeah. And it's so often that we respond completely opposite, which is like right back at the person and it starts this huge thing. So it's really a mm-hmm. great lesson in compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your inspired action is what? Yeah, I think it was just like, you know, immediately owning up to it, you know, and going, hmm, that was kind of a really immature response. 
And then again, kind of looking at the broader, you know, perspective, the broader experience was, okay, I'm going to be in this car with my good friends for seven hours. Like, do I want to have that energy that is like, you know, negative, you know, (laughs) and, you know, energy permeates. So I just decided to be like, hey, you know what, I'm sorry, and owned up to it and just took care of it really pretty quickly, because it was probably about a five minute, you know, turnaround from like, getting frustrated, having the reaction, going inside, signing my credit card bill, and then coming out. And it helped us to have kind of a, you know, balanced, harmonious, you know, seven hour drive back to Dallas. Oh, yeah, because the car's not so big. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God, I love it. The Spark, Inspire Your Life podcast is brought to you by the Spark Online Program. The Spark Program was created in 2010 by your very own podcast host, Angela Wagner. Do you like what you hear in this podcast? If so, join Angela for a five-week online course to help guide you into a happier and healthier version of you. All right, so we're going to move on to memory. Why don't you give us a little bit of information about memory and why it's important? I think that's a huge part of it is the why it's so important, especially later in life, because I think sometimes now we just think, oh, I'm fine. And then we can get into more questions about how to do exercises. Yeah. I mean, I think overall, when I was taking uh, Mastery of Consciousness as well as teaching it, I like to, you know, focus in my teaching and helping others in how we can create a productive mind. You know, there's various like exercises that you can do. We'll talk about a memory exercise here in a little bit. But it's like a productive mind is open, is in the present, is has the ability to, you know, receive from others, understand your emotions. So I'd like to kind of ladder up to the overall creating a productive consciousness and productive mind. And, you know, what can building your memory can help you to be more grounded in the present moment as you're experiencing it versus being really fast and going through, you know, speeding through the moments of your day. And it's kind of funny, it's July 4th weekend. And, you know, everyone, a lot of my coworkers, a lot of my friends, my mom, everyone goes, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's July 4th, or I can't believe it's (laughs) summer, you know, and it's like, people go time's going fast, time's going faster. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily the case. It's we our minds are very fast due to you know, how fast we think and technology and, you know, access to any type of kind of like distraction. So what we have to do is slow down, be here right now. And I know that that's, we hear that all the time. We hear that like, okay, be present. And I think some people just don't know what they can do to foster being in the present moment. And that's where developing your memory through this memory exercise can help you being in the present moment. And so what memory is, is you have the ability to recall moments of your day, you know, so if you're able to recall that you had uh, an interaction with a colleague and a coworker, and you talked about a specific thing, instead of just kind of skirting the surface, and then getting through the meeting, 
so that you don't have to go back and go, okay, what did we talk about? (laughs) And it really comes down to just slowing down and listening and being present. Yeah. And I've been reading a little bit of research that's now showing, and I think it's fairly new, so I don't know the specifics, but like technology is actually hurting our memory. And have you heard anything about um, like there being an increase in Alzheimer's and things like that? I mean, I haven't seen any type of like articles or research on that specifically. But I mean, I do think that technology does have an impact on our ability to kind of slow down and be present because technology is like fast, you can like get on your phone and flip from one thing to the next in a very fast manner. And sometimes like, have you ever like scrolled through your like Facebook and you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And then when you put your phone away, it's like your mind is still scrolling, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And so it's just being able to develop your mental capacity and strengthen your consciousness so that like when you do put the phone down, that you are able to kind of get grounded, get here and now. And a lot of that comes through some simple like breathing and then just focusing on one thing outside of you. So if you're you're scrolling on your phone and then you put your phone down and say like you're in your living room, then you just focus on, you know, is it a vase full of flowers or is it your chair that's in front of you? Um, Or if you're with someone, you're like, okay, I'm going to focus completely externally on this other person. And then that helps you to kind of slow down. And some of this stuff doesn't happen overnight. It happens through, you know, just building it and discipline and applying it. Yeah, sure. Well, I know like for me with my phone, I mean, I remember being a kid and knowing everybody's phone number. I mean, everybody's right. And now it's like the only phone number I know is mine and my husband's. I don't even know my mom and dad's. And I mean, oh, I'm I know. Like, you know, and, and there's just so many things. I mean, even simple math, like I find myself pulling out my calculator because it's there. So I feel like a lot of this, our minds are becoming kind of numb and not as sharp because of technology. It's just doing a lot of the stuff for us. Yeah. 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 We're coming lazy. So that's where we're like, oh, I can pull up the calculator or I can, you know, get this phone number because it's in my contacts. And it's just, you know, when you're able to build that clarity, there is an element of decreases the taxing on your nervous system. You know, so when you're jumping from one thing to the next, right? So like we've all had those days where we're like speeding through our task list and running from meeting to meeting. And it's like, probably feel depleted at the end of the day because you're going so fast. But where is that like originate? You know, where does the going fast originate? I mean, it depends on the culture of your company, but a lot of it comes from internal. We sit there and go, okay, well, fast equals good. Fast equals productive. And, you know, I read an article within the last few years is that our brains aren't meant to multitask you know, focusing singularly on a task at hand helps you to probably complete it faster because you're not jumping from one thing to the next. Yeah. And from what I've read, the research shows that you actually physically can't multitask. So like you're actually not doing two things at once. So something is suffering, which I've totally found to be true. Even yesterday, I was trying to 
organize is so silly that we just talked on another podcast about my office supply habit and how I just need to get over it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this podcast and clean out my drawer. But I was like, I needed to be focused on cleaning out the drawer right. or the podcast. So I was like, yeah. I couldn't really take one in. And then I finally just shut it off. And I was like, yeah. nope, you can't do both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing is, you think you can. And how many times we've done like multitasking, we've done it a lot. But it's like, give yourself the experience of singular focus on one task and see how that feels to you. Like, how does that feel inside your body? And then do your multitasking, which you think is very, you know, productive will get you to the finish line faster. Then check in with your your body and your mind after you do those tasks, like the multitasking and see how you really feel. And that's just a good gauge to get grounded and to check in and be like, how do I really feel? Do I feel good? <laughs> you know, when yeah, I right. test? Right. So I usually just, just feel more stressed because it's like, too right, much you going do. On. <laughs> yep, you do. You do. So um, it's that simple practice of kind of going, okay, let's just try this and see how I feel. Yeah. Another thing I noticed about kind of the phone doing a lot of the memory work for us is because I've been thinking about this a lot as we've been preparing for this episode. And I've noticed that something as simple as this is just an example, but George Michael came on the radio and then I was like, oh, no, this isn't George Michael. This is the band he was in in the 80s. And I actually had remembered it. But if I hadn't remembered it in that second to look up, what was his band, I would have just picked up my phone immediately and yeah. figured out that it was wham, you know, and it's like, we don't even give our, our mind the opportunity yeah. to exercise that because we just want the answer right away. Whereas right. in the past, we would have sat there for like a day yeah. and yeah. then it would have just come to us, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because our minds are really powerful, but we have to exercise them, you know, just like with our yoga practice, like when we first started practicing yoga or anything. So whatever your kind of workout routine is, you started out and you're like, oh, golly, I feel weak, you know, or I'm just not where I need to be, you know, but it's like through the discipline and the practice and just kind of being with the process and being with the journey that you can gradually build strength. And you gradually become more powerful. And just like with the physical practices, you can develop that through some of these mental disciplines. But it's just it takes the kind of the discipline and the focus. I mean, you don't get in shape if you work out once a week, you know, right? Uh, but you can start to develop your memory and some of these mental capacity and acuity in your mind through just, you know, little bit daily practice can take you very far within like 30 days. And then if you're do that for two months and six months and a year, you'll be surprised about what you can, what you can cultivate. And going back to what you just said is like, we always want something fast. You know, we want the answer fast. We want results fast and being able to shift your perspective and your consciousness to say, okay, you know, I want to become very powerful in this particular area, but kind of saying, you know what, it's little baby steps. It's one by one, bit by bit. And then having purpose with what you're trying to build can help you to sustain the kind of activity. So yeah, and I think to your point, when you think about physical exercise in the beginning, it's not only do you not see results, but it's very uncomfortable. And sometimes yeah. 
I don't want to say painful, but a lot of times it is, you know, your muscles are sore and all these things. And right. obviously like your brain's not going to be, you know, bruised or anything. But yeah. I know for me when I do meditation or especially this memory exercise, because I was kind of shocked at how hard it was for me. And I think a lot of it's because I don't exercise it in that way. And because I don't I haven't been sleeping well with the kids for like three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I think it's just one of those things that I need this exercise. So it was that much more challenging for me. And I found myself getting really frustrated and almost angry. Because I couldn't remember, you know, the little things that you told us to remember. And I just kept wanting to write it down. And I remember everyone in our class saying, well, can't we just write it down? And you're like, no, that's not the point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I think like, and you're totally right. I think when I was teaching Mastery of Consciousness, we taught a kind of concentration exercise. And, you know, the first week I had a student come back and she's like, oh my gosh, uh, this is so hard. This is so hard. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And it's like, we put so much pressure on ourselves thinking that we're like, right when we start out, that we're going to be really good at it. You know, so you've got to alleviate some of that, that internal pressure that you might be putting on yourself to achieve this certain result in a certain amount of time. And that's really productive, right? Because you're not putting this unrealistic amount of pressure on yourself and you're giving yourself this space to be able to kind of be with it and cultivate it bit by bit over time. And I think that's been my key learning in my life over the last, I don't know, few years is like, okay, where is this internal pressure coming from? I don't need to, you know, get to this particular goal within a week. It's like over time and cultivating purpose and enjoying the journey versus, okay, I've got to get to this end point. So it's just understanding the internal motivators and the pressures that you may be putting on yourself to achieve something. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you give our listeners the memory exercise that we've been teasing and they can do it for their try this. Okay, great. So what you're going to do, I call this kind of the snapshot memory exercise. And how it works is that throughout your day, you're going to pick three kind of moments in time that you're going to focus on and remember specific details. So for example, say like it's a Monday, and you're going to do this throughout the day as you experience it. So it's not like you're going to go back in time and pull up the memory. You're going to do, there's actually two components is that you, in the present moment, you will identify like, where are you? What are you feeling? What are the details? So for example, Monday, it's at breakfast and it's 7 a.m. and you're at home and you make a smoothie and you take that smoothie and then you drink it in your kitchen. And so what you'll do is you'll just identify like what was in the smoothie, what were you feeling, and details of that specific moment. And so that is like one snapshot in time. And then, you know, at lunch or before lunch, you have a meeting. So you're in a meeting with uh, your colleagues and coworkers, and you're in a conference room at your office, and you're leading the meeting. And you're identifying kind of the details of the meeting. And then you go through like who is in the meeting with you. So if it's four colleagues, you identify them by name. And so you build that in your mind in that present moment. So that's snapshot number two. And then later on in the day, you're 
at home with your your husband or significant other, you're making dinner and you decided to make stir fry and you're talking about your day over dinner. So that's snapshot number three. So what you'll do before you go to bed is you'll look back on your day and go back in time from that particular, so say like it's 10 o'clock at night. You'll say, okay, it's 10 o'clock. So what's snapshot number one? So you'll go back, okay, well, that's dinner. And so I was with my husband, I was eating stir fry and we talked about this. And then you'll go back one and it'll be your meeting with your colleagues and coworkers. And then you'll pull up the details of that particular experience. And then you'll go back and it'll be breakfast. So you had a blueberry and strawberry smoothie. It was seven o'clock. You were at home when you had it. So that's day number one. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, you'll start start again. So in the morning, you'll have one. It could be like even midday. So maybe it's midday. You took a break from your work and you went to go have coffee and you ran into your boss in the break room and you started talking about this. And so then you'll just build these memories throughout your day. So you'll build three the next day. So it's Tuesday night, you're getting ready to go to bed and then you reflect back on your night and you'll be like, okay, the most recent snapshot was dinner. The next recent was lunch. And then the next one was your midday um, you know, mid-morning meeting, and then you'll go back to Monday, and then it'll be the memories from that particular day. So then you'll go to the next day. So it'll be Wednesday, and you'll do the same thing. So three snapshots that day, and then at the end of the day, you'll go back in time and pulling up those particular moments from your day. And then as you move forward, so it'll be Thursday, so then you'll just do, you'll, it'll be So Thursday night, you're going to bed, you look back, so it'll be Thursday's memories, Wednesday's memories, and then Tuesday's memories, and so snapshots in time. So that's overview of kind of the exercise, but to reinforce kind of like you want to create depth in what you're remembering in that particular moment or snapshot in time. So like pull up the details, where were you, who were you with, what were you feeling, those types of things. And so you're building those throughout your day. So the idea is that you, once you have nine, three days worth, that's what you hope basically hold in your mind. And then each day you drop the date, yeah. the one before and you add a new one. Yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. where for me, it got really challenging. It sounds easy, but I would, <laughs> a lot of times I would forget to do my memory exercise. And then I'm like, oh my God, what do I do if I forgot? <laughs> Right, right. Clearly, I need this, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's true. It's true. But it is, I mean, you're right. This is challenging, you know, because like you think that, okay, I've got, you know, three days in the bag, you know, but then you move to the next day and it's like, oh, okay. And then you have to really be, you know, be present kind of when you're doing the memory exercise. And then most importantly, be present when you're taking the snapshot, you know, because let's say, let's use the meeting you know, example. So you're in the meeting. And if you're just kind of like, okay, what am I feeling? Okay, I'm stressed. How many people are in here? Uh, you know, it's, it's so and so and so and so and so and so. I mean, like, if you're rushing in that moment, then it's likely that you'll forget about it. So that's where you just have to be like, hey, I'm here in this meeting. (laughs) You know, what am I doing? What am I feeling? And really burning that in there and giving yourself that time. And in the really grand scheme of things, that time that you're kind of 
you know, burning that memory, that snapshot is probably like maybe a minute or two, you know, like right. it's not very long. So do you recommend only doing good memories? No, you can do all ranges. So like, you know, you could be coming home from work and you run into a traffic jam and there's an accident and then you're frustrated, you know, so it doesn't have to be all positive. So you could just, it's just the, I mean, we don't have days that everything's positive. So it's just pulling up, you know, that experience and it could be a negative or positive emotion, but it's being able to connect with what you're, you're feeling in that moment. Oh, yeah. It's so great. I found that when I did it, when I do do it, it really like just makes my life feel more full, like, especially because I tend to like when I'm with my kids, I tend to just like embrace them or give them like a sweet little kiss on their forehead. And then I'm like, this is memory one. And I just really <laughs> soak it up where yeah. a lot of times I'm just like, oh, let's clean off your face and get this day going, you know? <laughs> You know, and I forget right. to like take in the cuteness and the sweetness and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's so true. I mean, it creates, you know, more depth in the experience and more meaning in your life when you kind of slow down and you're like, okay, what is this moment presenting for me? You know, and then like, how am I receiving and how am I giving? It's just like, it's the richness of emotion mm -hmm. um, and being able to feel that versus just, I mean, skirt the surface, you know, because if you're skirting the surface all day long on just running from one thing to the next and one activity to the next, I mean, it's actually pretty, like you said, it's like unfulfilling and that, you know, you just spent 24 hours just skirting the surface versus, you know, not saying that like every single moment of your day is going to be filled with this like richness and depth. But if you can, you know, have just a few of those that's better for your your mind and heart and body and nervous system than just skirting the surface. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some other daily activities that people can do that will help them improve their memory besides putting their phone down? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, getting grounded in the present. We've kind of talked about those, like, you know, taking snapshots, you know, connecting with your breath. It's very helpful in, and again, kind of creating, cultivating presence and slowing down. You know, I read some articles around the importance of just like reading, like reading fiction or doing crafts. So that helps you to kind of develop because there's like details that go into, because like with reading, if you're not present, I mean, how many times have like, I've done this where it's like, I open up a book. And I'm down to the bottom of the page. And I'm like, what did I just read? Like, mm -hmm. you know, every day, um, every day, right, right. <laughs> you know, so and then like, so that's one thing is like reading. And then when you think about crafts, like I'm trying to figure out for myself, like, what's my little form of creative expression? I haven't, I haven't figured that out. But you know, as a little kid, I used to like to get to Hobby Lobby and Michael's and find these little things to create, you know, just something to craft and create. And so I've read that older people who have done like either the reading or crafts and the details that go into being in the present moment. Cause with crafting, you have to be in the present moment. And that might be like making a necklace or that might be, you know, knitting something. You can't like rush through knitting. Some of the articles that I've seen is around like, you know, reading um, fiction and then crafts can help you with developing memory. 
Yeah. I do kind of worry about like our generation and generations later, you know, because I, I look at like my mom and her generation. My mom is, she sews, she beads, she crafts. I mean, I, I grew up in like Joanne Fabrics, you know, and still to this day, you know, in her late sixties, I mean, she is just doing so much of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't really have any hobby <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. it, you know, and it's like, it's kind of sad. And I've always wanted to learn. And I'm like, oh, I should learn how to sew. I should learn this. And then I just, you know, I don't. So it's a really good reminder, I think, for us, because especially, and we'll post this in the show notes, which is AngelaWagnerCoaching.com, because a lot of people have asked us, how do you find the show notes? So go there, go to podcast. And then under each podcast, there'll be a link to the show notes. And Renee has some really awesome articles that she found that talk about these studies where people have actually, you know, gained memory from doing things like crafts and reading. She's got a great article from Fast Company on the six science-backed methods to improve memory. So, I mean, if you're someone like me who wants to know the why behind it and the science and you love that, then these articles would be great. And also just give you some different ideas of things to try. Because I think it's like anything, you know, something that I think we have to keep up. Just it's our mental health is something we don't necessarily think about. It's like, you know, it's just like, oh, well, of course I have a brain. I'm good. And then yeah. unless we have a problem, we're depressed or something, then yeah. we don't exercise it in the way that we need right. to until it's too late, you know? Yeah. And it's also just thinking about like, you're like, yeah, I'm fine right now, you know, but like, what could you be if you did some of these simple exercises or so it's just kind of like thinking about what could be, what is the vision? Like, because where you're creating more depth and more meaning and fulfillment, like how does that really feel versus, you know, kind of skirting the surface? So it's kind of sometimes you have to kind of shift and think about like what could be, what are the possibilities if I do these things? And that serves as a foundation and that serves as kind of a purpose of the why. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. Well, this has been an awesome intro into memory. Like I said, you guys take the time to go online and look at these resources. And we'll also post Renee did a great graphic of this memory exercise with really cute photo like drawings of her <laughs> going to Starbucks and stuff <laughs> that we use. So we'll post a yeah. picture of that because if you're visual, that helped me to really understand kind of how it worked. We'll post that online too, and we'll, and we'll post it on our social. We always do a listener question, which we're not doing today. But if you guys have any questions, whether it's for me or Renee, I have a line to Renee at any time, and I know she'd be happy to answer any questions. So send them in to podcast at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. It could be anything about habit change, time management, exercise, yoga, of course, organizing, meditation, you name it. We love it. And we learn so much from people asking questions and people sharing about their experiences. So you guys send in comments, questions, all the good stuff, because that's what we do. We share. Yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely put it on your try this for the week to do that exercise. So what do you suggest if you are like me and you forget? So you're, you know, you're going to bed at night and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot to do my memory exercise. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, just start again, you know, okay. start again that next day and then just put attention on it again, building those snapshots throughout the day. And then um, what's really helpful is just purpose with it, because if you don't have purpose with what you're doing, then it's easy to forget, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just thinking of the bigger picture of why you want to have this mental acuity and yeah. memory and 
sharpness and it helps you focus too, for mm-hmm. sure. There's just so many amazing things that it doesn't feel tangible for a lot of people. So it sometimes gets put to the back, you know, list. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Which we can relate to. But, um, well, and Renee is also a special contributor to the Spark Online program. So she has, I think we did two lessons and videos with her. So when you sign up for the program, you get those and she'll talk really in depth about meditation and teaching it. And so there's a lot of great resources that she provides for us in that program as well. And that's also at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com slash spark. All right. So I'm going to finish us with a shout out. And my shout out goes to my good friend, Renee. And it's so crazy when we were planning this and we were trying to figure out like how long we've known each other and how long have you been practicing at Yoga Sport? It's wild. It's like, talk about, you know, like time flying. I mean, (laughs) I remember because we were such a new studio when you started and now we just had our 13th birthday and it's like so cool for me to see someone that's been part of that community for so long. It's just, it's really honestly an honor because, you know, that you want to be there and not only want to be there as a student and you still are an active practitioner, but you kind of went through all the processes to become a teacher and now you're leading and then also the mastery of consciousness stuff that you did on the side, which you guys will put a link to the school she went to in Dallas. It's pretty unbelievable. It's like a year long course, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn, you, you learn concentration, visualization, uh, memory. I mean, it, it was a very, very helpful course for me to kind of develop more like being present and I was experiencing anxiety at the time and it's helped me to kind of be able to deal with anxiety and create a really productive consciousness of mind and and life you know so yeah well you're doing amazing work and she's uh, Renee's actually going to be teaching a four-week series at the studio called monkey mind mastery which I love and it teaches a lot of the tools that we're talking about today so if you are in the Dallas area hit her up how can people get a hold of you so, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. You're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook. My email address, I can provide my email address if that's helpful. Um, it's renadams at yahoo.com. Okay, great. And again, we'll put all of that in the show notes. We should get you a website, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it could be it could be mindfulness, mastery, and makeup because she's also yeah. a makeup expert. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. I mean, how many people have mindfulness and makeup in the same website? Oh, yeah. I know. That's funny. I know. I like it. I'm already thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again so much, Renee, for being with us. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes of Spark. If you do have a few extra minutes, please do an act of kindness and leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the show. It really, really helps us out to spread the word. You can find the show notes in Sarah's awesome blog post at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Coach A. Wags. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass, and discover what it is that sparks you.